thank you for joining us for this latest Placetech podcast. I'm Paul Unger, editor of Placetech. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Yardi. Yardi is a prop tech firm with four decades of experience in the provision of award-winning investment, asset and property management software to the residential sector. To find out more, visit yardi.co.uk. Today, I'm joined by Chris Armstrong, Director of Brand, Product and Technology at Developer Get Living, and Justin Harley, Regional Director of Yardi. Uh, Chris, um, if we start with you, tell us a little bit about uh, Get Living. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Get Living is really a a neighbourhood community um, uh, provider. Uh, We have been around since uh, the uh, days of the Olympic Village was our first site, the Athletes Village at uh, East Village in Stratford, is where we kind of uh, came came to being. Uh, We now have over 3,000 active homes in the market across the United Kingdom. Um, And, you know, we're very proud of the fact that what we do is, um, you know, we provide exceptional sort of places and spaces for people to really live their best life. We have an exceptional range of quality homes now spread across three neighbourhoods in the UK, two that are in London, one that's active in Manchester. We've got plenty of growth coming, 31% alone next year. Um, we are taking us to you know, our, our sort of, you know, pipeline growth target in the tens of thousands. Um, and we're, we're proud of the fact that you know, in these neighbourhoods and the communities that we've created, you know, we've got a large uh, swathes of green space. Uh, over 40% of East Village alone is green space. Uh, we've, we've got... So, you know, high, high level, high quality amenity uh, areas and, and spaces for customers to enjoy when they're with us that they can they can not just live in, but they can work in, they can socialise in, they can connect in. Um, and really, it is all about what I said. It's about, you know, trying to help uh, the customers who come and, and choose to uh, stay with Get Living to, to live the best life that they can. And of course, a factor which in the past few months has become ever so much more important. So... From the prospect of building developments that we won't see, uh, such as Leeds, for example, for the next two to three years as we build that, through to operational neighbourhoods, through to you know being a long-term investor um, and doing what we can to really add value to all of the places and communities that we operate. That's what Get Living's all about. Excellent, excellent. And yeah, you mentioned about the um, very positive uh, pipeline, which is, is great to hear, um, and and also you touched on there the the last year and a half or so of um, uh, everything that we've been through. So how has that left you? How how has that affected Get Living and where does that uh, find you today? Yeah, I mean, goodness me, what a a period we've all lived through. I mean, I think think from our perspective, uh, a couple of sort of points of that, I think as a business, we've remained pretty, pretty resilient throughout, which I think can be said generally of, I think, the uh, build-to-rent uh, sector. I think the proposition that we have as a as a sector certainly has, you know, really helped all of us weather the storm pretty well. A, a lot of my sort of peers and, uh, in the industry have said the same. Uh, I think we provide, as I said, more than just a home, you know, and a level of service and a level of, you know, just customer care, really, that I think that your customers are really appreciated. And certainly customers that we talk to have really, really enjoyed having, you know, great retail on their doorsteps, you know, having events that we've continued to run for them throughout the period, you know, for, for most of the early months of, the, of this pandemic, it was it was virtual, everything was done virtually. Um, but it's also having the ability for, you know, teams uh, to, to call in to customers, see how they are, offer that helping hand, um, because of course it's been, a, it's been an incredible strain for people, both, uh, you know, physically and mentally and emotionally throughout this period that, you know, we certainly feel 
our responsibilities and operators to do our best to look after our customers. And I think that's at the core of Build to Rent. And um, I think now, you know, we see, you know, we're just talking about this this week, we see levels, you know, certainly returning to good sort of levels of what we would call summer peak, which is great. Our inquiries are strong. Uh, our occupancy is looking really great. You know, people are really thinking, which I'm sure we'll come on to, thinking about what, you know, what what sort of proposition and what way of life, you know, they how do they want to live going forward? You know, given the experience that we've all lived through, um, but certainly we're seeing the market bounce back. Uh, international market still a difficult one. You know, travel is you know well reported as a difficult thing these days internationally, um, and of course that affects the student market. Um, but you know, we certainly have a long term view that the great cities, great locations we operate in will you know we'll, we'll come back to really strong health in probably the next 12 to 18 months yeah yeah absolutely and, and justin um similar sort of question to you about um where the last 18 months has has left yardy and, and your position and how you view the world now yeah i i think um the one thing i'd say over the last 18 months that we've seen is that covid has accelerated some trends that were already there um, towards digitalization um, and a heavy focus more than ever on the experience of the customer or the renter journey, whichever way you look at it. So, uh, and I think that's been really exciting for us because, um, you know, things that were core to our belief in terms of giving choice and digitizing that journey um have accelerated over the last 18 months and um and i think will continue um to grow exponentially so it's been a really exciting time albeit a trying time yeah yeah and and what are some of the things that customers want i mean we talk about experience and putting tenants customers at the, at the heart of things but in specific terms rather than the, those very general statements what what are some of the the real things that get um get people engaged and that they're after in buildings there are a number of areas um that we see um people focusing on when we talk about um digitized digitalization uh, one is the um the ability to um conduct the the, the apartment inquiry online and the online leasing process is one area and that's being able to do everything from doing your tours online virtual tours that's changed slightly as we've been allowed to kind of go back to spaces but um, that whole journey signing a lease online setting up your direct debit online so really giving people um, control at their fingertips whilst automating the back-end operations is is one key area the ability for residents to be able to communicate and interact with you via um, an app is critical. And I know Christian and the Get Living team have worked really hard on uh, app engagement on their community. So I think that's one key area. And then there are some other areas uh, which are maybe less obvious, um, but nonetheless absolutely core to running any business, which are streamlining um your payables process. So, you know, the operations, looking at the number of um, maybe suppliers you have, reducing that, making sure that you're getting the best deals possible from your suppliers has been a real real, um, a real a trend that we've seen across a lot of uh, businesses. And then the last one, and then I'll shut up, is we've seen people look at their investor communication. So how can they automate the, um, the investor relations and that investor experience? Um, you know, there is... 
um, you know, Savills were reporting uh, 1.23 billion of capital in the first quarter of this year going into build to rent. There is a lot of capital coming in. So there's a lot of investor relations and management that needs to go on too. So right across the whole stakeholder base, we're seeing that automation. Yeah, oh, it's fascinating. Thanks. That tells a real detailed sort of picture. Um, Chris, does, does that echo the, the sort of priorities when you're looking at a new new building? You say, we've got to have this in. This is what people want. This is how we need to run it. This is what we need to, to, to make it really sing. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think on, on two specific areas, I think uh, on technology, Justin's mentioned um, many of the great examples which are really, really uh, prevalent and more important these days, such as access to the app, absolutely the ability to to not just be able to go into an app and tell us that something's broken and please get living when you come and fix it, which is the obvious case that a lot of people talk about, but a lot of things like being able to access things like what's going on in the community and be able to sign up for events. Or in our case, we're really proud of the support of the team at Yardy. We've also been able to deep link and integrate to some of our partner offers. So we, we have a phenomenal partnership which speaks to what customers want with Uber, which has been great for us. We, we, it's not just about, you know, riding around the town in the Uber cabs, but it's also about Uber Eats, you know. Um, this always makes Justin laugh and I tell him this, that, you know, over 80% of our customers, um, we find in our, in our city locations, eat out pretty much the majority of their life. Uh, we, we always joke about, you know, we go into homes and we find ovens that have never been used. You know, people have never actually fired up the oven. Um, and that's still the case, by the way, many, many years ago since we first discovered that. Uh, so being able to get Uber Eats credits, but being able to get to that through our app has been great. You know, that's one good example. Um, but also, look, it's not just all technology. And I think, you know, the, the, the listener will appreciate that, that if you think about how we've all become really, you know, we were all sent away, weren't we, you know, 12, 18 months ago to really have a good long think about life in our, in our, in our homes and bedrooms. And, you know, I think a lot of people are now saying, you know, actually, okay, how do I get a bit of mix and a bit of balance? And it's important that this space that's designed for them also has uh, what we call sort of natural rhythm. So that nature of being able to come indoors and outdoors, that, that ability to, you know, just simple things like, you know, well-designed balconies or winter gardens or courtyards can make so much difference to people's well-being. Um, and then, of course, you know, an issue which was already coming to the fore pre pre uh, uh, COVID, but is now actually even more so is the whole sustainability agenda and the understanding of you know how you operate and how you operate buildings. I mean, when you look at technology, there we you know working with partners like Yardi, we want to understand how our buildings are performing and how we can make them better and more efficient and how customers use them. So looking at that data to see where people are moving around and how we can tap into to the customer at the right point and provide the service at the right point. But also sustainability uh, initiatives uh, we're doing on retail side or, or community side with partners like uh, we just launched really proud this week uh, just launched a partnership with Loanhood around sort of sustainable uh, fashion where you can effectively loan fashion as it says uh, you know we keep that, that that chain going and it doesn't just go to recycling our partnership with Rayburn and the, and the fashion council around the E20 um, lab and, and culture hub which we're super proud of so we were really thinking about what the customers need on many different levels, whether that be through the use of technology or even just through how people, you know, like all of us uh, on this this podcast, want to live life. Yeah, and and is ESG making you think about how you put tech into buildings and, and not just putting every installation in that you can, but thinking that you know they've each got a low, they've each got a sort of carbon load to them as 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 well. 
Absolutely, yeah, no, hundred percent. We, I mean, a, a great example of that would be we we have a, a you know new um, set group of homes at a plot in 06 at East Village, which we're we're bringing to market next year. We started uh, goodness me a few years ago now thinking about how do we how do we get the best efficiency of design that building best to get the best use of services as you say without having four or five different runs of cable and set up and kit and power and you know consumption and, and such like but also how do we equip that building well with the technology and the sensors that absolutely allow us to to see what's going on and see where perhaps we can be wasteful but a wonderful example actually called this the other night where uh, you know for those of us who have the monitoring kit on our software we we're getting some alarms going off and it's it was just because some of the technology we're now using was alerting us that some of our homes were creeping above that sort of threshold of just being too warm now the good news for us is they weren't occupied homes. <laughs> they were homes that uh, actually at the moment aren't occupied, you know, small handful and group of them. But it was great that the technology was telling us, look, guys, you know, you might want to do something about that because that could be where perhaps we had, you know, the heating on, you know, in the winter and we're, we're burning, burning, you know, power we don't need to be if the home's empty. But also it can do smart stuff like tell us about things like leak detection so we don't waste water. We can get in and fix issues quickly, which also has a knock-on customer effect because, of course, we keep the customer happy and, and we're increasingly, you know, getting to a position where we'll be able to let you know we're coming to fix something before you might even know it's gone wrong. Yeah. Um, and just getting, just getting efficiency. You know, efficiency is really important to us. Justin, are you seeing ESG environment, social governance change the, the the conversations you're having with people as well? Yes, absolutely. And it's an area of. Um, a very considerable product development for Yardi in terms of um, we have a, a suite of products, uh, which, which like a lot of Yardi products, they start in the US called Yardi Pulse. And, and it has various components about it. And it's been completely driven by this agenda. It's, you know, it's about energy benchmarking. It's about optimization of buildings. And exactly as Christian said, things like fault detection and preempting that as well as, energy procurement, for example, and, and making sure that you can achieve energy savings. And I think there's a, a phrase we use internally that if uh, if buildings were to save 2% uh, on its carbon emissions, each building in the States would save just 2%, the US would meet its Paris target. So it is something that is absolutely uh, right on our agenda and... Um, uh, is a very exciting area for of development for us to to help people um, achieve their goals because it is something that we're seeing everywhere. Yeah, that's that's a huge start. Um, and, yeah. and, and what else are you seeing in terms of um, what uh, landlords are asking for that they they are saying right? This is the big priority this year, next year. What can we what can we do together to to help address this pain point? In terms of um, ESG or other areas, other areas right across the the, the, the product suite, and, and just looking at how the world has has changed, and 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 what the priorities are from prospective clients and people that you already work with, are there particular texts? Does it does it vary between sectors? We talked about student accommodation and bill to rent. Yeah, I think it's. I, I think what we what when people speak to us, what they come with is an agenda of a business problem that they're looking to solve um, rather than just, hey, the tech side. So, you know, it's always fueled by, a, you know, a business challenge or a business problem. And 
Um, and there are some trends that we observe. So, you know, we've talked about some of the trends on build to rent that I mentioned earlier, but right across the Yardi portfolio um, um, on, say, you know, the commercial side of the business, we see um, an increase of commercial landlords looking at hybrid working flex space that's all related to covid and how people return to the office so that's a very big area that people are looking to work out what technology they need to put in to help them manage a space on probably a more flexible basis than just a simple long-term lease um that's one trend the other trend that we see is um around about um you know, uh, property managers, uh, deeper integration with property managers. So where where investors and landlords may be using third party property managers to manage their buildings, um, we're seeing perhaps a deeper integration there, which I think is great because that's only going to be um, a benefit for tenants and landlords alike. So, you know, deeper integration about how how they can work closer together to provide information to one another in a streamlined way. So that's an area that I think is evolving very fast. Probably not so much to do with residential, but it definitely on, on um, commercial. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting one because they, everything blurs now, doesn't it? You know, we're, we're hearing about the, the sort of um, uh, the breakdown between the different sectors and the verticals. So, you know, live work is—is is that something that is being designed in, Chris, to to, to your forthcoming uh, developments now? With uh, you know, maybe people only have to spend half the week in the office, and uh, we've yet to see how it's going to play out. But is that something that uh, is 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 on your agenda? Yeah, for sure, Paul. We we already saw uh, you know a good quarter of our customers. Um, who were working kind of from home a period of the day anyway pre pre COVID uh, it was already you know a bit of a thing of course it's that's been amplified and, and exploded uh, in the past uh, sort of twelve months but yeah definitely look how how do you design and create not just home spaces that have great you know sort of work type spaces or corners or you know a flexible adaptable use of space inside the home that's that's certainly pivotal to us but also how do we use the buildings that we've got the amenity spaces that we have and even you know how do we partner you know, we're, we're very proud of operating kind of large-scale neighborhoods that have great retail partners so how we've been able to partner with some of our retailers to say look you know during the day you might you might be a, a restaurant but during the day you could maybe open up as a bit of as justin says about that hybrid flex space provider so we've now got that and now we can then we can advertise that through our, through our app and on the portal for our customers pop it in the notice boards put it in our social channels uh, and we've got customers popping down there and, you know, buying the coffees and having unlimited Wi-Fi and, um, you know, getting on with some work, but they're not necessarily in their homes. They get a bit of a, you know, change of space and a change of headspace. But then also our teams can help those retailers as well with things like getting provision to the right technology, the right Wi-Fi and such like, because not, not all of the uh, retailers are largely independent. So sometimes, you know, that help can be really super valuable and, and pivotal to them. Uh, and also they're getting, you know, helping them with customer base. It's, it's kind of circular for that economy. But, but yeah, we're spending a lot of time thinking about actually how do you, you know, how do you live and work and play and connect and do all those things in, in, in our spaces and all the future developments we've got coming. These are challenges and, and actually, you know, exciting opportunities that we're, we're wrestling with uh, all the time. And, you know, modular type, you know, construction and build or the use of technology or, you know, even just you know using you know technology to surface where the opportunities are all, all of that all of that's very much on the table 
the, the point about blur, the blurring of lines is so important, you know, increasingly, I think, you know, just to reiterate, you know, what Christian's saying, we see people saying we have a development and these are all the components of the development. And that, that may involve some, um, some flex space, some uh, built to rent space, some even short term letting space, as well as student accommodation. So right across the development, we're seeing a whole range of services in that space, almost looking at the kind of, you know, the full renter journey from, you know, a student to short term to living there. Um, and so so that's something that we see more and more and more, right? not just in the UK or Ireland, but right across Europe. Yeah, and I think people, Paul, I think people are looking to, you know, how can you, you, know, you take you take the you know the examples of the villages that we have, or some of the great spaces that some of our sort of peer group have. You've you've got some wonderful spaces where people, to Justin's point, can come and you know stay and you know have a weekend in London or a weekend in Manchester, or a weekend in Leeds, for example, and and really enjoy themselves in really high grade, high quality accommodation. That's not necessarily that. Did they want to go back to you know? I spent twenty odd years in hospitality, so look, I'm certainly a hotel fan. But does everybody want to go back to a hotel and be in that mixed kind of restaurant, buffet, breakfast environment? And you know, do they want to come to somewhere that's kind of almost a bit akin to a service department style? We can we can offer all of that, or even just we were talking about this the other day, even just allowing you as a resident the opportunity to to take that space for a few nights and have your family come and stay and be near you. So you know, my case, my family's probably tell from my uh, tones are all the way up in Scotland and sunny Glasgow. They could come in, you know, if I was in one of our neighbourhoods and villages, perhaps stay in one of our short let, you know, apartments for some nights and enjoy some time being close to us, but they don't have to stay in my home either. That's always a benefit as well. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and I think, you know, dep- depending on how well you got on with your, with your parents, of course, and family, but, uh, you know, that can, all, all of that capability, that, that's a beautiful thing, I think, about build to rent as an asset class and category. It's very, very pliable. And, you know, some people are very, very good at doing the long-term rental thing and that's the bread and butter, but certainly get living, we, um, and certainly some of some of our other people, we, we, we feel that there's, there's more, there's, there's much more can be offered than that needs that, that confidence of design and tech and experience and everything to come together to create it yeah yeah absolutely you know, it's gonna be fascinating to see see how that uh, that plays out um uh, you know across various use classes over the next couple of years um because it, it's, it's an experiment we're going through a, a, a transition um and nobody's done this blended digital and physical uh, lifestyle and working practices, commuting patterns, all these things uh, before. Um, and, and, and sticking with you, Chris, just for a second, let's just sort of look at some of the the, the core uh, ways that you use tech. We, we've heard about some of the, the um, you know, the interesting things with um, ordering food, etc. But um, what, what are some of the very core functions, both from a business process point of view, but also enhancing resident satisfaction that you would say are the, are the you know, the foundation blocks for um, embracing technology in, in, in your work? Yeah, great. I'm happy to take that question. And, and the two parts really on, on the sort of process side, we've seen some business process side, we've, you know, of course, some of the, the what we do for customer experience, which I'll come on to, it does work both ways, but we've seen some great examples of being able to use technology to do things like offer new payment options to our customers. And in fact, with Yardy's our partner, we've been working through a project at the moment to, to enable that even wider so that if you, you know, how many of us are just used to now, um, you know, the world of forget even contactless, but Apple Pay on your watch or, you know, Google Pay or Samsung Pay and, you know, just tapping that phone now, you know, the world has gone cashless for very valid reason, but it's even race beyond that. So how do we offer that that capability or 
Justin mentioned earlier procurement and purchasing. So, you know, we, we'd be using the procure to pay product to really get smarter and better at that. And, and also to think about our responsibility of being able to push through invoices for our partners and our suppliers quicker and better and make sure people get paid on time and we're a good, you know, we're a good steward, we're a good partner to the, to the companies that we work with, which is always something we're focused on. So technology is really great at helping us do that sort of stuff because on the customer side also, it's great because customers are, and the majority of time, they've got a lot of life administration to deal with. Quite a lot of our customers can still be quite time poor because they're working away, you know, busy, busy lives. Uh, they've got lots of things going on. And um, if they can use technology for things like self-service, then great. And, and a lot of our customers do. I think Justin mentioned it earlier. If they can go through an online um, leasing journey or even looking up properties and inquiring and doing all that simply and with a few short clicks and being able to see really great, rich content online, then they will. And again, we've seen as much as you know, 25% or more of our customers at key points buying online from us, which is a big shift from the days of you have to go and see a home and stand in the kitchen and get the feel of it. You know, now people are quite quite willing to take an online virtual viewing and actually go, I want that, I'm having that. A few clicks, complete the journey, do my referencing, bang. You know, you don't have to wait three or four days anymore and come and view a property, wait for the reference to come back. So so using technology to drive that self-serve element, to drive that speed and efficiency of experience. Because look, we all expect it, don't we? I mean, how many? How easy is it to, to subscribe to Netflix or order something on Amazon? So, so why should the property industry get away and you know get away with being slow and clunky and etc.? But you know, also pretty cool, exciting stuff, Paul. That we've got a, an AI-enabled uh, assistant. We call her Evie. Um, she's she's part of the family, and she speaks to hundreds of customers um, uh, twenty-four hours a day, answering the questions that perhaps their team you know haven't got to yet or. You know, you can ask her at 2 a.m. what time the Sainsbury's open and she'll give you the answer. You can ask her, you know, questions which I love, like, how do I use this induction hob? <laughs> and she'll, she'll give you the answer, how to use the induction hob when you're home. You know, we've, we've thought about all those little quirky questions. And and the best thing the best thing about Evie, bless her, she never gets a day off because she's 24 hours, you know. She's she's artificial intelligent. She's smart. She's intelligent. Uh, we love her. And, you know, that, the use of CRM, I mean, I could go on all days, but... But look, we're, we're also really proud that through EV we were able to do a collaboration with Mind. You know, I, I, I've said it before, but we really think, you know, mental health is such an important issue. And we were able to, to you know, give EV some information that if customers wanted to ask for some advice or some support or didn't know where to turn, you know, that was even in our assistant. But also, you know, we had that available. We had that partnership and we've been supporting Mind um, as one of our key partners for the last 12 months because, you know, we just, we just think that's really important as well. So it's not always just about how they interact with us. Sometimes it's about being there to give that level of support yeah quite right there's been such a a, a lot on people's minds a, a great stress which is ongoing unfortunately um and uh, are there things that uh, that you're working on now that people um can expect to see coming in in the next year or two that, that have got you excited uh, chris first yeah, definitely. Uh, but we're always, I mean, we always talk about we're full of ideas. <laughs> Get living, we've got bags of ideas, which is no bad thing. So look, we try some stuff and it, you know, it doesn't work quite so well for us. We, you know, we try other things and we think, great, that'll be a, that'll be a, a magic success for us. We are certainly working on making sure that we continue to uh, use the technology to be available to our customers in more places and spaces, whether that's through our, our adoption and use of technology on the web or through our social platforms, you know, that, that continues to grow. And um, we're absolutely looking at those deeper partnerships and how we bring out those partnerships with key providers that, you know, can give customers access to, you know, great, the greater ecosystem of being part of Get Living. And we've got some really exciting stuff there. And, um, you know, skills and learning and bringing that to our communities and how customers learn new things. And we've done some 
phenomenal workshops which have gone down really well where people have learned new skills and taken part in events and events and, and sort of you know activity based workshops that we've had in the community and uh, certainly you know as, as long as I've been in Get Living which is you know pushing five years we'll, we'll do more of them and even more exciting versions of them in the coming years and you know we just keep looking at technology to, to hit those those two key markers number one does it improve experience for our customers and make it better and make it you know simpler and make it more enjoyable and less hassle on number two does it help and ideally both together does it help us with you know, how we operate and be more efficient and and I think on that front, use of customer data, you know, data is a big thing. So understanding, you know, how our customers use our products, where they interact, where they get best value, what they enjoy most or don't, and therefore we can we can do some service recovery on that. The power and the use of data is just, you know, it's just going all the time and it's just making sure that it's not just data for data's sake, of course, but using that to then make sure we're offering the right services. So we're spending a lot of time at the moment inside our data sets. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Justin, similarly, what uh, what's up next on the Yardi product pipeline? Well, I, I think Christian's so articulate. Uh, <laughs> I think he's got a crystal ball. Um, so a couple of things. So, um, and it really echoes what Chris, uh, Christian's saying. And I, I think that, um, uh, firstly, the use of artificial intelligence and machine learning is very much at the core of what we're doing. And that is about kind of automating repeatable tasks. And um, so things, you know, Christian mentioned EV, um, using Alexa in the home is going to be something that will come, uh, that we'll, we'll bring as a service. So exactly in the uh, application that um, Christian mentioned, but also then combining that with things like chatbots on your website. So again, these chatbots are um, 24-7 and artificial intelligence just makes the programming, you know, so human, you know, even the language you use, you know, you can ask a chatbot, hey, have you, have you, you know, can I come for a viewing next week? And it will, you know, it will pick up that kind of language and say, hey, when do you want it next week? And you'll say Friday and it goes Friday the 27th or whatever the date is. And it's clever stuff. You know, it's really smart. And it, and it just allows you to, one, drive more traffic to your site, convert that traffic into, a, to, into an inquiry, which, you know, is part of um, improving KPI. So I think that area is one. The other area um, is around... Um, around smart homes and integrating <laughs> maybe not the oven as christian says because they don't get used <laughs> but, but uh, integrating you know core things that people have in their their rooms and again it's part of the um uh, you know the, the green agenda as well is smart homes you know heating lighting um also locks is an area that will uh, you know i think in the next year we'll see a lot there already is a lot of development in terms of lock technology but you know digital keys are going to be a very important part of really reducing friction in the in that uh, renter journey so i think they're all absolutely you know key key things that we're working on and you know will come to market in the next well, some of them very soon, some of them over the next 18 months or so. So, yeah, and and so I would kind of echo exactly what Christian is saying. Yeah, I would just say, Paul, just add to that finally, just I think we, we all the things Justin's mentioned, we were excited about smart home, absolutely, how customers can have control and visibility of it. But I think just, you know, it's maybe not something I would say I'm excited about quite in the same veins, but I'm excited certainly as, a, as, as you know, a good steward of, of customer data. And I know Justin would echo this is, 
you know, cyber security is so important these days, and you see the you know the rise of issues that are going around. I think it's also important that when we talk about the use of technology, and you know, this is why it's important. You know, people work with partners that you know have really trusted you know layers, cloud layers, and services, and uh, all that good stuff. Because cyber security is something that absolutely you know we we think about long and hard as a, as a management team, and it's really important to us because our customers. You know, trust us with that data that I mentioned earlier, and they trust us to use the services that Justin rightly outlined there. You know, e-access we have on every home that we've got. You can access it without without a key. You use a follower. You know, going forward, your phone. You know, that it, it becomes almost ubiquitous that stuff. But you can't take for granted that you have to work hard to keep it secure, and you have to look after the responsibility that's given to you. I think that's important. Yeah, yeah, quite right. Yeah, I think it's something that, um, that we're all confident privacy and, and the proper use of data will happen eventually, but uh, property is still working its way through the, the gears at the moment. Um, but no, fantastic stuff. Really, really brilliant discussion. Um, thank you for, for joining us today and giving your time and your insight. Uh, Chris Armstrong from Get Living and uh, Justin Harley from Yardy. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you.